This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Hey, you ready to record? I want to be, but I'm really tired. You want some coffee? Yeah, actually. Can you get me some Jet Fuel brand coffee? Sure thing. Oh, that's good. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Abysme, what's wrong? There's something wrong with the coffee. But it's rocket fuel, just like you said. No, I said jet fuel. You know, the delicious caffeinated beverage? Rocket fuel is actually fuel used in rocket propulsion. Oh, no. So I made you drink rocket fuel? I need to go to the hospital. What a silly, tragic mistake I've made. Putting rocket fuel and jet fuel next to each other. Wait, you poisoned me? Why? With you out of the way, now I control the podcast transmission. My insides! (laughs) 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 If you need a pick-me-up, put jet fuel into your cup. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. Hello and welcome back to Ray Gun Readers episode a number. Hey, Abysme, your mother called. She said uh, she's got that one um, issue your species has. Uh, what was it called again? I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no issues that are embarrassing and would get out on the internet. She she said she developed uh, purple spots. Well, that only affects the females in my species, so... Uh, I would never have something horribly embarrassing like a purple spot. I didn't ask whether you had it. I was asking what the disease your species carries is called. It's called Florbulax. It's not very fun. Basically turns you into a vegetable. Not unlike a earth eggplant, I suppose. So, so as in it literally turns you into an edible fibrous vegetable. Yeah, and let me tell you, Predators on my homeworld love that. So sometimes we will take our elders who have succumbed to Florbulax and we leave them out to be taken by the predators. Why would you do that? Is that a form of euthanization? Euthanization, is that a word? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We do it because, uh, I mean, you know... You know what? I don't. I don't appreciate the accusatory tone you're taking with me. I didn't. Me. I just wanted to know more about your culture and by your insulting weird it. diseases. <laughs> oh, they're weird, are they? That that's very nice. And we're we're just a bunch of weird savages to you, aren't we? Because we take our said. old and put them out for predators to eat when they turn into weird eggplant things. I, I do have to say, if there were um, a moral code my species lived by, that would go against it, and I might try and change your species. But oh, oh, oh you think you can just come I over say, and change a species? I don't live by those rules. I mean, hey, to each their own, I suppose. You suppose. To that's, each their own uh, that's very uh, grandma killing traditions. You done? You done uh, belittling and maligning and no, marginalizing no, me? No, no, no. I'm just, I was just curious. No, what were we doing today? Oh, yeah, that's right. We were reading stories. No, maybe I'll turn into an eggplant and you can make fun of me. Then the, the genetics behind, uh, uh, no, your family, from the sound of it, you are a. Well, maybe you are a plant. I don't know. Are you a plant? 
I don't feel like discussing these personal Are you details a plant with or you. Do your cells I don't have to answer that. From and the I'm not animal going cells to. to plant cells, do I'm they not, grow? I'm not saying vacuoles. Why. Are they called? If you really want to, you can look it up yourself. But I don't feel like uh, like discussing this with you anymore. It's making me uncomfortable. Your species is so secretive. There is no um. Crap, we have never named your species. Yeah, we haven't because I don't feel like discussing it with you. Because you're probably just going to appropriate that too, whitey. <laughs> How do I look up a species on which there is no name for? Well, that sounds like a prejudicial person's problem and not mine. Damn it. How long have we known each other, Abysme? Apparently, you still keep so many secrets. Apparently long enough for you to insult me and my entire species. <laughs> How did I insult you? If I have to explain it, then, you know, you're too far gone. I'm sorry. Do we have to edit this for our... Abysme-like viewers, then? Um, they are a proud, noble people, and they can stomach your hateful, hateful, malice-laced remarks. And now moving on to today's stories. <laughs> I wonder how much of this they're going to redact when they... Uh, Probably most of it, if not all. they send it out. Right, so today we have another shortish episode, but we're going to do some more macrofiction. And we have three stories today. The first one is... What makes it micro? The size. Do, do, they, do these stories have to compensate for something? Congratulations on being the first person to ever make that joke. About a story? About the word micro what, and anything. What joke? The first one. Like micro pigs? The so first stories, one is from So these creepy, stories are like tiny pigs? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to shove you out the airlock and I'm not even going to look back let's, do let's it. read our micro pig story so the first one is called the between and this was submitted by creepy quantum who uh, is a recent listener of the podcast so thank you very much creepy quantum glad to have you aboard on august 14th 1996 the first human to be moved from one place to another instantaneously was reported missing well then they didn't move from one place to another well how do you know they, they moved didn't? from one place to not existing or they moved to a place that they couldn't account for or maybe they were hacked in transit maybe we'll see there is no simple way to put that oh there is no simple way to put that and i'm sure you're all confused already so let me be blunt teleportation is real in fact teleportation has been real it's been attainable since 1994 at which time it was deemed by the united states government necessary to be hidden from all public knowledge and thus it was if they're any good at anything it's secrecy in its beginning stages, however, the extent to this marvelous feat was being able to move the quantum data from the very small, such as atoms and the like, across the room. Don't get me wrong, this was an absolutely amazing accomplishment, but it's gotten so much better, if better is the right term, since then. Alright, so there's a lot in this first paragraph. Asking us a great deal to suspend our disbelief on. Um, that being said, I remember... I think you've talked to me about this too. There's been some experiments with trying to move quantum uh, atoms and molecules from one place to another in very, very crude, simple, and, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, simple experiments. Do you have anything to weigh in on this? Uh, so, like, the way I see it, um, there's, there's two ways, really, to think about teleportation. One, A, is you take... Um, the matter that exists in one area and physically move move it to another. I don't see how that's possible. Like, 
Why would you need it? Why would you need that matter? So, and then it has mass that gets complicated. I, I the other thing that you could do is completely disorder or um, break down and study all of the pieces of let's say a molecule or a small thing like uh, let's say a grape. You take it completely apart. And you have to put it back together the exact same way on the other side using new matter. So you're basically cloning something or copying something. Right. Right? So you have to build it all the way back up from the base. And that's super complicated. That requires controlling things on a subatomic level. It's something that I don't think we're capable of. And the complexity involved is just ridiculous. So this is very much asking us to accept a theoretically impossible uh, feat at the moment, G- given our understanding of it and the science behind it. No, that being, I don't really, I don't know anything about the current events of teleportation. So <laughs> um, maybe, but it just, there's, there's some, uh, the level of complexity involved is astronomical. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, and it's funny because he, the next paragraph starts with, I don't understand the science behind it. <laughs> so they're asking us to completely ignore the the complexity of that that um that feat. Okay. Which not I mean, I've done it before, but uh it is quite central to the story. So that's just that's just something to keep in mind, in the back of your mind while we're reading this. Like why would you if you take something down to the base level, all of those particles exist all around you. Why would you have to reuse those specific particles? Right. So if so you have, you know, a soup and then you have to um take that soup and turn it, you know, back into tomatoes. <laughs> it's 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 a lot easier to break things than it is to fix things. Okay, I can see that. So why it'd be easier just to clone the soup or copy the soup than to break it down into tomatoes and hot water and everything and then right. and rearrange. then destroy the original copy, which then gets into a couple things I don't think we want to deal with oh, as yeah. far as morality. Ethical quandaries. Okay. Interesting. But even then, like still a level of complexity involved. Was it it was it was Stargate, actually, that made a really good um um, was it a good episode? It was a it was a great episode. Was it a good episode, Paprika? So, <laughs> Want to talk about that good Stargate episode? <laughs> the character Daniel gets a whole bunch of souls put inside of him, basically, and it's it's silly. But then he takes a glass of water, oh yeah, <laughs> and pours it into a pitcher of water and says, "All right, now get all of those molecules of water that were originally in the glass back into the glass." In the same order. In the, the exact in the same, same order, way, yeah. in the same position. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So for everyone listening, it's that difficult, or theoretically so. Anyway, let's stop uh, laboring this point. Okay, and I don't, I don't understand the science behind it. I wasn't one of those physicists, engineers, nor mathematicians. I was simply a higher end employee in the United States Department of Energy. I mostly did computer work, comp- compiling data and what have you. I'm 85 years old and I am and retired. I am telling this story because I feel that it needs to be said, and I am a dying man. All right, so our narrator is... He doesn't sound like an old man. He's not calling me a whippersnapper. Um, is 
on the outside looking in for us, essentially. And I, I think Creepy Quantum chose that, and I could be wrong, intentionally to say, oh, I'm not one of the physicists, and that possibly makes the reader feel a bit more secure with this because celebration is a very complex concept, as we just discussed. Uh, that's my assumption here. I could be wrong. I worked on the compacting of data retrieved by the teleporter, or as we called it, the United States Quantum Relay and Distribution distribution Device. Distribution. Distribution. How it worked was the device simply broke apart whatever sample was within and gathered the data of each chamber. It created an exact copy. Oh, you nailed it. I don't understand the science <laughs> behind it. Wait, look, no, read this. Read it again. Read it one more time. Okay. How it worked was the device simply broke apart whatever sample was within and gathered the data of each individual quantus state and position. Then, using given materials in the receiver chamber, it created an exact copy, perfect down to the atomic level. But that's something he could have just been told and then regurgitated. So no, I don't I'm think... sure that's a basic understanding of this device okay. he worked with for a while. Yeah. This required the computing power of four supercomputers, which compared to modern technology are barely better than gaming systems. Interlinked, but by God, they did it. In 1996, barely better than gaming systems. Yeah, again, that's... Uh, putting this in the past okay. doesn't no, really convince me, though. It's, it's come on computation power. Okay. Uh, and uh, who knows how big the samples are, how complex they were to begin with. Even, uh, I don't know. I don't find that convincing, but okay. We'll, we'll suspend our disbelief for this. It didn't take as long as you'd think, a thing, that's a typo, using quantum statistical data, they cut the time of scanning each state of... Wait. It didn't take as long as you'd think, using quantum statistical data, they cut the time of scanning each state of the atoms. There's kind of a syntax problem here. Well, regardless, what they're basically saying is they made some guesses about the state of the atoms okay. based on quantum statistics. Okay. What the hell are quantum statistics? Statistics about quanta. Okay. And what's quanta? Just uh, quanta. Amount? Quantum basically just means discrete levels, right? So you take, for instance, an amount of distance, okay. right? And you take a ruler and the ruler quantizes it, quantizes okay. the, the distance into one, one and a half, one and a quarter, right. instead of just random, you know... Uh, units of indiv of uh, infinite, you know, decimal places. Oh, okay. So, like, there are places where states can exist and places where they can't inside of an atom. That's all it means. Is just that's why it's called quantum uh, mechanics. Is because the majority of stuff in an atom has a place, and we can define it. We can define it as being one or zero, mm. or one and a half, or you know, it's just. That that's all it means. So it's just the ability to measure things on usually the atomic level, or of it's any the ability level. to discreetly measure things okay. on an atomic atomic level to to say it's in a position of up or down or um, one or a spin of a half or something like that. Okay. Instead right. of saying, I think it's over there somewhere. <laughs> it may be in this region. The cells continue to live, seemingly unchanged, as though they were the same cells that were destroyed. It was outstanding. We quickly moved up in size and complexity to larger and more intelligent things, such as mice, rats, gerbital, ger gerbitals. Gerbitals. <laughs> Eventually, even cats and dogs. The animals that came back appeared to be, con in appeared to be confusion and disoriented. 
confused and disoriented, but still lived on. When James offered to be the first human to go through, we were astounded. Everyone fancied the idea of trying it on a human, but no one had the guts to offer up themselves. James was a young, on-the-edge type guy who fancied skydiving, rock climbing, and basically every adrenaline-fueled activity. So while we were all amazed, I don't wouldn't say anyone was shocked. There's a lot of typos in that paragraph, and it's a little distracting. <laughs> well, no, that's important, though, because it can hamper the reading. Um it can hamper the reading uh, uh, experience. So just, you know, triple checking stuff. But uh, what else about this? So basically, I, I can actually see someone who's an adrenaline junkie doing this because I remember hearing a, a study that said that people who skydive and rock climb and base jump and all this stuff, um, they don't necessarily do it because they want to be in danger it's that they don't get adrenaline and euphoria and all these great things through uh more i guess common means so i can see someone going oh get teleported yeah sure why the hell not i got nothing else going on today so i think that's a nice touch actually i can i can believe that oh yeah and that also means that they'd have the ability to recreate a person uh all the bonds hair follicles nails now what about memories because we don't know exactly how memories are formed. Well, we in the don't. Brain that's yet. the whole thing. That's the, that, that's where the complexity thing comes in. Is if you make a copy of someone, are they still? Do they retain? I'm more everything? interested in how you make a copy of someone, because then you'd have to make all of those, you know, the different types of tissue just there on the spot. All the different types of bone mass, uh, brain matter, all of these different things, all these very complex things at a subatomic level. At you know, in supposedly a time that what what did he said would surprise you uh, that didn't take that long. It didn't take as long as you'd think, or didn't sorry, it didn't take as long as you'd think. <laughs> um, I eh, maybe there is some sinister ul- ulterior motive here as to why it's going so well and why it had to be covered up as a secret. Maybe alien technology is the reason, and it's just so far in the future. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet, but that is, these are all good questions. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just more like, you, you, you mastered replicators if you can do this stuff. Yeah. As well as, as teleportation. Oh man, I want replicators. That'd be awesome. And 3D printing goes out the window. James stood in the large cylindrical machine and gave a thumbs up and they pulled the switch. The usual scent of ozone filled the air, a strange consequence of all of the electrical pieces at work. The sound of rumbles and motors bombarded our ears. After that switch was pulled, everything that I ever thought I understood simply fell apart. James stumbled out the other chamber probably 15 to 20 minutes later, but didn't say anything. He simply walked around with an empty gaze. A few people rushed over to him to get him to a seat so that he could rest. He was all... He was unresponsive the whole time. He died about an hour following the teleportation. We all decided then and there that we needed to cease the operation immediately and never speak of it again. We were gathering everything necessary to put an end to this obvious inhumane experimentation, but that was when we heard the static coming from the radio. It sounded like James. A co-worker ran over to the device and spun the dial until the static became a clear voice. Now before we read this dialogue, um, that, I don't think they would just shut it down after one dude died. Like, 
if the if the government really is doing this and they're moving on to human experiments, well, there there's is, gonna be deaths. This is, this is actually a pretty common creepypasta thing. Something scary happened. I never touched it again. I didn't look at the data. I didn't try to understand what happened. We just said no. We're not doing this again. But the story's continuing. So is it playing on that trope? Twisting it on its head, maybe? No, that's usually what the stories do. Like, mm. for instance, um, some of the other stories we've had. Give me one. Give me uh The Nazi to an experiment. What happened in that one? <laughs> what happened? That was the one where we had the Jewish twins from the concentration camps sewn oh, together yeah. and it was like a marble fight. No, oh, that was weird. How about the one where um, they were doing experiments on people? Oh, happy puppet syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. What that happened in that terrible. one? Uh, some people were depriving kids of happiness or something and they went crazy and killed everyone with psychic mind powers. Okay. So happy puppet syndrome, for instance, the one where they went crazy and killed everyone with, with psychic powers. Yeah. They ended the experiment somewhere halfway tr- through, but then it was too late. Well, they, and the the repercussions are still felt. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at here. That's that's what the story's doing. It's yes, they're but, ending it, but it was too late. But in Happy Puppet Syndrome, if I remember correctly, and I may not, because it's an awful story, um, I think they like they don't stop it. It just gets out of hand, and then they, everyone dies. But I, I get well, what you're yeah, saying. But like though. the scientist goes, I you know I we should we stopped it then and there, but okay. for whatever reason, that's not the end. That's usually how these stories go. That's all. That's all I'm. I'm get. That's all. This is a small point. I just wanted to get it. That's what okay. the. That's what this sounds like. Um, w- this this thing that happened. We didn't take any data on it. We didn't study it at all. We just said, "This is scurry. We're not doing it again." Well, there was also a story where um, they were doing an experiment, and oh yeah, it was was it Happy Puppet Syndrome where they killed the guard? They killed like a guard. And everyone said, no, we're not, we're never doing this again. No, that was Corpus. Corpus. Yeah, that was the, I like that story though. Okay. And they didn't halt the entire experiment. They halted like a portion of it, like certain testing they were doing on one of the patients. But I I do get what you're saying. I do. Okay. Hey, where am I? James said in a panicked tone. I can't see anything. I feel like I'm floating in space, but I see no stars or anything in the background. No light. I Literally cannot see or feel anything. Help. Everyone's faces drained to a pale shade and no one spoke. Help, he screamed. I grabbed the radio. James, we hear you. It was all that I could think of, but there was no response. James? He, he quickly spoke. Do you not hear me? Oh, God. Turn on the radio. There was an evident fear in his voice. Could he not hear us? We certainly hear him. Guys, this, the sound of tears was obvious. Do something, I yelled to the scientist who stood there, dumbfounded. After stuttering for what seemed like a whole minute, one spoke up. There is nothing we can do. We cannot do it in reverse. He cupped his lower, his whole lower face in the palm of his hand and looked intently into the reaches of his own mind. His consciousness must be stuck in some place in between or... The scientist's voice trailed off into nothingness. Oh, shit. The between. He's a supercomputer now. He, he's not even as good as a gaming laptop. <laughs> he's less impressive than an Xbox first generation. <laughs> no, I remember freaking out at that point. 
This is madness, I exclaimed. James, I yelled into the radio again, but no response. He was stuck. It was him. That corpse that was going to be buried was but an empty vessel. The soul couldn't leave it as it was stuck in something so little understood that everyone deemed it to forget. Better to forget about all of this than to research. <laughs> I was the only one who didn't go home that night. I remember staying up in the office, listening to James's pleas for help. It sounded horrible, but I was hoping that he'd be dead soon so he could escape that hell that he found himself in. I shuddered at the thought of being in absolute nothingness. I noticed something else. Listening to the persistent screams as he was screaming, there was no break in his voice. The poor guy didn't even have to inhale. He was screaming for minutes on end, and then hours. I don't want to imagine what it's like to both exist and not exist. I have never been a religious man, but this was proof enough. Proof of what? Of humans having a soul. And, oh, by the way, mice and and gerbils don't have souls. I guess. There's there's proof that animals aren't as good as humans now (laughs) in this story. Uh, I guess as conceited as it sounds, animals don't have what we call a soul. (laughs) Oops. And thus couldn't get it lodged into something so unknown. Um, Maybe maybe they just don't have it tuned to where they can hear the the mouse uh, chirping. Uh, finally, at about 1 a.m., I grew too distant, too tired, and decided it would be best if I went home. As I said earlier, I am writing this because I am old, dying, and they cannot do anything to me if I expose their secrets. Well, they could redact all this. Like, I doubt they'd stop keeping tabs on you if you witness this thing they want to cover up. James never died. There is a room dedicated to the radio. It's soundproof so that no one had to listen to his god-awful screams. Where, I'll bet still to this day, if you enter the room, you would hear the cries of a man who is trapped in the unknown, seemingly until the end of time. I cannot even grasp the gravity of that nightmare. I hope that someday, someone can read this and figure out something to save the poor soul. I know damn well he is still there, screaming into his radio, which I can't hypothesize in the slightest how that works as the actual radio was on his body, without ceasing. He probably will forever do so until the end of time. This would be good as a SCP. For anyone who doesn't know... Super creepypasta. (laughs) Super creepypasta. Um, No, this uh, uh, Secure, Contain, Protect, the SCP Foundation, uh, is a fiction website that basically holds... the, the, The story there is that there's just a bunch of weird shit in the world, and this foundation finds it and locks it down and studies it and this is explained to us via entries that people can write and submit and to me this would have done better as that because it's it could also be its own thing it could be but i'm saying this is what it sounds like you know there's i like the story i like the concept i think it needs a little more show me don't tell me than it has well it relies on a lot of uh the whole screaming things endless screaming Unfortunately, is a very big common trend in creepypasta yeah. of just, uh, you know, oh, the screaming was horrible. I couldn't describe it. Um, God awful screams. Which, I mean, again, is is unfortunate because that's not a bad thing. Like, that would freak me out. Eventually, you know that screaming doesn't work. So even as a, a disembodied soul, I imagine he might try and change his tactics or 
think differently somehow um, over the course of apparently this man's life. Yeah, this could be actually developed into a longer story of him going, well, you know, help. Uh, unless he can't hear them and therefore he just thinks he's alone. I don't know, actually. I'm just interested in more description of the situation instead of this poor guy will be stuck there forever. Yeah, we know he'll be stuck there forever. That's implied by the story of what happens. And I don't, I get that the concept is science has gone so far and, you know, we shouldn't tread over things we don't understand. I get that. That's fine. But yeah, it is lacking a good amount of meat to the story. It's lacking engagement. And it's there. I see meat, basically, that you could put in the story. Sure, sure. So uh, if anything, um, good concept needs to be fleshed out. Needs a little bit of grammar checking. Uh, needs some syntax work. Some of these sentences are just kind of difficult to read. Um one thing I like to say is it shouldn't be too difficult for the reader to actually say out loud. <laughs> it should feel natural. Well, it should feel you know, it you depends know. on the type of writer that you are well, though. Well, sure, but if you're trying I to do say that. if you're trying to do horror, um I shouldn't have trouble reading it because then I'm not going to be scared because I'm trying to figure out what exactly is happening. Not in the oh there's a mystery, it's wait, what? Who's saying what now? How is what's happening? That's my point. Um at no point should your reader ever say people don't talk like this because then it feels unnatural. And that's not, I'm not trying to be harsh. That's just how it's, how it feels to me as a reader. Uh, but thank you, creepy quantum very much. Thank you for, um, for submitting. Please submit more if you like. Um, it's always good to have new people, uh, coming on the podcast with their stories. Anything else to add to this one? Um, teleportation is fun. (laughs) Um, we've done it many times (laughs) and we do know the secrets but we can't tell you guys no it's classified that's why I'm saying that teleportation (laughs) of course doesn't exist Um, it's not something that's secretly been given to us and nobody else no clearly not I I just I like the concept I like that he's an old man but I mean as an old man you tell stories differently you You tell stories slower with more um more details more details questionable details would be fun like oh an unreliable narrator yeah yeah and often yeah. repeating themselves like so you so you're yeah. wondering about whether or not there's any you know truth to the story or if he's exaggerating the entire time like sure. like in the movie big fish although you know something not not that movie cuz that movie sucked yeah uh, wasn't that bad but uh yeah no i agree with you i think there's a really good concept here it just does need to be fleshed out a bit. I think it just needs to be longer. I think this is one yeah. that can go into a lot of detail. I think this is one that this is just begging for description. And you could even character build. You could, you know, the old man and uh, James, the young adrenaline junkie, could develop a relationship, like a friendship or something. Yeah. And then we would feel a bit more invested when James is gone, mm-hmm. um, and more sorrowful for the uh, for the old man because he's lost his friend. And you could put some hookers in the story. <laughs> Also, there needs to Just be a saying. sex scene. <laughs> what about the scene where the hooker gets trapped in there with? Oh my gosh! What if the uh, they the had first a team experiment's actually a hooker? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next story. This is from the Creepypasta Wikia. This is a Creepypasta proper. This is called High oh Frequency and credited to Chris Phoenix. The most amazing and most horrible thing just happened to me. I've stumbled upon a discovery of a lifetime, but at the same time, I wish I could undiscover it. 
Already, I don't like this. Already, I don't like how this is they're written. Already, they're, they're trying to be Lovecraftian, too. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I, would, I, I never wanted to see what I saw that day. But I have to but write I it. But I saw it, and so yeah. I'm telling you about what I saw. Through some un, unknown medium, because I'm here today to talk to you. Although I might be dead by the end of the story. I was actually just tampering around with some music programs creating ambience tracks. Oh, no. <laughs> did you write a creepypasta of his? I wouldn't call it an ambience track <laughs> if I did. It's an ambient track, or I was creating ambience in a song. Oh, that's right. That, that's the other disease your species suffers from, snobbiness. <laughs> I know I'm not going to dispute that. You see, ever since I was 12 or so, I'd play music when I went to sleep. It kind of helped to calm my nerves like a lullaby, however much you consider music by the verve or ever clear lullabies. Oh, uh, you, you gotta be careful with name dropping. You really do. Like, the fact that you just listened to music that helped you sleep was fine. Because that's something I do, and I did when I was 12. But, uh, we don't need to, like, I don't know, it makes it too personal. And then the reader starts assuming things about, oh, why are you telling me the specific bands here? What are you trying to communicate? And it's probably nothing. Well, you know, that's probably just the author going, these are bands I like. Let me well, it's like, you talk know, about them. It's that common trope where someone says, and then he shot him with a, instead of saying, uh, and then he pulled out his pistol and shot him. He says he pulls out his uh, 44 Magnum with the optional scope and laser sight and shoots a 44 caliber, whatever. Like, it's just... That's... Sometimes it helps the story, though, because it's, it's But imagery. not in this case. Like, no. We don't yeah. need to know this. Well, unless the kid's, like, you know, in, like, that somehow affects how the kid grows up. It might be an important detail later in the story, but you're right. It probably isn't. We'll see. It might be, though. It like, might those, be. those little those little things could be important to the story or the character, they might be important, so I, I think it's great to involve stuff like that. But definitely use it, you know? Don't just have it there. Well, yeah. Or use it as a source of imagery or something. In this case, it, it might not be anything, though, which is, okay, fine, you win. Well, in recent years, I've really gotten big into ambient music because it helps me clear my mind, focus my creative energies like a meditation. That's... No, I'm not a Buddhist. I don't see it as a spiritual thing, and I don't try to focus my chi. I just like to clear my head sometimes, and I think ambience helps. Again, so, not necessary so of a yeah, sentence. Yeah, no, all like, he only had to say that he made ambient tracks once. He said it here like three times. He made it because he likes it. That's in this it. one paragraph. Yeah, that, that's, all the, that's all the background we need. He 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 could st he could get rid of that first sentence in that paragraph and just say, "You see, when I was twelve, I liked music. So when I got older, I started making ambient music, like two three sentences max. He doesn't even have to argue. Yeah. Um. Or you know, uh, it feels himself. like he's trying to justify everything to yeah, us. Yeah. Well, like that's because the author is talking about himself. He has to just instead of talking about a character in a story that probably wouldn't feel like he has to justify himself. And it's not a bad thing to put yourself in a story. You just got to be very careful. Very careful. Well, lately I've been making my own ambience. Oh my God, we know. And I'm quite satisfied by it. <laughs> but I found different types bring different images, especially to the subconscious sleeping brain. I hypothesized it had been something to do with the pitch and the frequency. That's the same thing. God damn it. I made a different num I, I made a number of different tracks, all of them very long, and each one at a different frequency. I found that the lower frequencies tap into my darker thoughts. 
So I tried to deal, I started dealing with uh, higher frequencies and my next few nights sleeping, my dreams were a confused jumble of images. Okay, that's okay. I'm all right with that. That's that's but building this something. This guy doesn't seem to know anything about like music. Music itself. It's not really higher or lower frequencies or pitches that give you emotions. It's minor and major scales that give you emotions. True. Or darker cuz you can have a very very lighthearted low scale uh low octave song, for instance. I'm trying to think of an example, actually, because absolutely you can. Uh, oh, anything by Nina Simone. Like, she sings very low, and it's all very warm and rich. And if you want an example of a high frequency that would make you feel uncomfortable or dark, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or that, that that famous horror, um, when the, the screeching violins, bam, 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 bam. Like oh, that, Psycho? Yeah, that's, that's, psycho. High, that's, that's high frequency stuff, but it's dark, so... Yeah, there's there's a lack of knowledge here for what they're trying to talk about. And I feel bad because this is a very cool thing you could write about. And I'm kind of, I wonder if I want to take a stab at this at some point. But there, it, it, it is falling apart. I tried higher frequencies, but they just gave me a headache the louder it got until I went to the threshold. <laughs> what threshold? <laughs> just below 20,000 hertz. Okay. It started out there as a low hum in the back of my brain and slowly crept higher. Half the track was all but inaudible but I was satisfied with it. What? Half of it couldn't be heard, but you were satisfied with it? Because he was at the threshold. Okay. I don't know why he That's was... not making a track. That's, That's just not... testing sound at this point. Yeah. That evening, I threw it on as I went to bed. Why would you... Okay, whatever. I awoke, staring at the stars. At first, I thought I was dreaming. I was lying in an open field stargazing, but I could feel ben the bed beneath me, Bed springs creaking as I moved. I sat up on the edge of the bed and looked around the room. And though I could see the floor and the walls, I could also see through them to the ground beneath. I could see the neighbor's house, houses, and at the time I could see through them. I could still hear the ambience, just slightly, but I could also hear the, heating mo the heater moaning overhead. The sound kept growing louder like wind through a tunnel. So, so he's just dreaming. <laughs> astral projection, dreaming. Mm, I don't know. It's yet. like lucid dreaming. I guess. I didn't remember putting the track on loop, but it was still playing, despite the fact that it seemed to be dawn. You see, we also asked him to uh, to play the the background music to this to this to our reading of the story right now. Yeah, uh, you can't hear it because half of it's inaudible, but uh, it, but the it's other on half loop. is very high pitched. If you hear an annoying noise, it's his fault. <laughs> I watched as light spilled across the sky, staining it blood red with unnerving rapidness. With the light came shadows, stretching out from the bases of trees and growing out from out of bushes. Out of those shadows poured living blankets of crawling and squirming insects. The black pool of vermin spread and slowly flooded the yard as I watched. I hurt myself today, today. to see if I could lucid dream. As the rippling pools expanded, I could see what looked like limbs moving under their depths, the flailing arms of a drowning victim lost in a sea of roaches and centipedes, crickets and spiders, unnecessary ellipsis between those two pairings. Um, okay, so this is starting to feel just like an excuse to write surrealist imagery, which yeah. again, not a bad thing, but the way it's introduced is very important because now 
I, I, I just, I have no idea what I'm reading. I really don't know what to expect here, and not in a good way. He's like writing a music video. Kind of, yeah. And again, that would be cool, but not as a creepypasta. I watched these pools expand to the edge of the house and then began to filter inside. I watched them pour into cracks under the doors through the edges of slightly cracked windows. They filled the walls, filtered through the ceiling. I could see the shapes inside the growing seas of bugs more clearly then as they splashed up gasping, gasping for air. Constructed of bugs, but flailing to get free of the bugs all at the same time. This guy took drugs. <laughs> their hands reached out to me as their dark, empty eyes begged my assistance. Because, like, where else do you get this sort of imagery from? It's, like, not grounded in anything. I wrapped my blanket tighter around me, knowing any minute they'd be on the bed with me. Their chirping and rush, rustling and squeaking and buzzing noises filled my head, and I could not escape it even with my hands over, with hands over both ears. Then I heard the voices singing softly like serene sirens <laughs> on a distant shore. Like a sirene. <laughs> no, they're serene sirens. Their words had specific meaning, I knew, but the language was ancient, melodic, and utterly inhuman in nature. It grew louder, but remained just as distant. What? <laughs> no, no, sorry, what and does that mean? And it cut through the constant buzz of the bugs like a warm knife through butter. It grew louder, but remained just as distant. Things that are far away sound distant. How, that's, that, 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 that's a contradiction. Like, if something's really loud, it sounds like it's right next to you. Ah. Uh. Then it was a symphony, and I understood those voices weren't singing to me. No, they were singing to one another. I was merely listening in. How do you know this? Whales! Every so often, one voice would end up in an agonized shriek that would startle the others to silence. Then the rest would carry on only seconds later. I looked up at the blood-red sky, covering my ears with my hands, and I screamed in an attempt to drown out the noise. It only got louder. No, closer. Oh, now they're getting closer. They were closing in on me, climbing up the walls to the ceiling, blotting out the sky. I could feel the tiny legs crawling over me, up my torso and neck, into my ears and gaping mouth, and as they crawled down my throat, I coughed. I woke up coughing and almost fell out of the bed. I mean, this sounds like a fever dream. Yeah. And we don't have any reason to believe it otherwise other than the fact he just says, I turned on music and weird shit happened. Yeah. It was all a dream, I realized. Thank God, it was all a dream. I went and I checked the track I had playing. I had playing. It had ended. The soft hum of the heater turned off, and once again I could hear the crickets outside. Not just the crickets, but the crawling creatures as they rustled and chirped and wriggled. And the voices, they were there all along, singing in the distance. Every few minutes, I can hear the sh their shrieks, blood-curdling cries, uh, loud enough to make me jump out of my seat. It wasn't a dream. It was their dream. What? It was a song of the Sandman echoing in their minds. What? Stop talking goop. Talk about it when we're done. I went back to bed hoping it would go away. <laughs> I didn't put the music back on. The racket outside my walls was enough to serve as my ambience this time. But when I awakened again, it had only gotten worse. How did you go to sleep if it wouldn't let you sleep the first time? The sunlight crashed down like a million cymbals, crashing and clamoring as if a concert were being played inches from my head. The people were on, out and about, talking and thinking, and doing all of it very loudly. Neighbors were moving lawns. 
moving. Mo- wow. They were moving their lawns from one lawn to the next. <laughs> Neighbors were mowing lawns in the highway. A good in the five, highway? And the highway, a good 500 feet away from my house. They were mowing this, lawns and the highway? This they is, were mowing the highway? Yeah, this is just, the sentence is awfully written. Neighbors were mowing lawns and the highway, comma, a good 500 feet away from my house, comma, was flowing with traffic. Now I know what uh, he's saying there, okay. but it's not written well. Uh, I I just I just hope the government doesn't come to me to do my duty and mow the highway mow the too highway. soon. I could hear it all, and it was only the beginning of a skull-splitting headache that has, as of now, accosted me for three weeks straight. Ouch! You should go to a doctor. Take some uh, take some pills. Pop some not, Vicodin. Preferably not the ones you took before that dream. <laughs> I hid myself away in the day, but at night it was equally unbearable. Whatever frequency my brain had focused in on. When I was sleeping, it slowly changed, and my brain had changed with it, apparently. It had followed it into previously unknown territory. I can't sleep at night now, or I dream their dreams. When I'm awake, I simply hear them. Their conversations, their groggy ramblings, their terrified mutterings. But when I sleep, I tune into all of their dreams at once. I feel their joy, but I also feel their pain. I've thought about seeing a doctor. I really have, but I watch television and I know what they do to people like me. <laughs> Freaks like me. They put you on the Jerry Springer show. I've seen television. Scientific oddities such as me. They just wouldn't believe you. Oh, okay. I, I think I sort of get what he's saying now. There's like another dimension on ours and he can hear him now. Because he's listening to new frequencies. Yeah, because a special frequency that no one, definitely no one else has ever toyed with or heard before. This is the only one that's ever, you know, actually triggered something. No, no, I've got to solve this myself. It's dusk now and the crickets are singing their songs again. I can hear every single bug as it crawls over every single blade of grass. And of course the sky has taken on that blood red hue. I know what I must do. I was just pondering the effects of a similarly I must play a concert for the unknown aliens. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a wicked solo and it'll wake them all up. <laughs> of a similarly amplified sense of taste. Taste what do you think I'd be able to resolve that situation the same way? Or would I be put off by my sensitivity to the metallic taste of the barrel? No matter. The song must end now. The cicadas are crying. It's time to sleep. So he blew his brains out. Sleep is for the weak. I never claimed to be strong. Uh, edgy, surreal, suicide fiction. So, there is a cool concept buried somewhere in there. Like, and that's what's bullshit. Like, if this was written in the... Oh, I forget the author's so like, name. Like, like alien, or not aliens, or interdimensional beings exist around us, and we just can't hear them because our ears aren't tuned to it. That, that's kind of fun. That part's cool. It is ruined by the fact that he's like, I'm... I'm Fucking around with music, bro. Check but this out. But if I saw that, I wouldn't want to unsee it. I'd be like, whoa, dude, talk to me, yo. Well, unless it was giving you a splitting migraine. Which I'm fine with that part, too. Will you take Advil? But um, it's just the, the beginning is so uninformed and sloppy that I, I just I could not care for the rest of the story. Even though there is a cool, recognizable concept in there. I like this surreal idea of yeah. 
listening between dimensions, but oh man. Yeah, the way he like introduced the concept was like weird and out of place and it didn't really the whole bug thing doesn't really add or subtract. It's just kind of there. People hate bugs. Other than Put bugs in high-pitched it. creatures that are there too. Yeah. And it's yeah, it just feels like it's trying really hard to be creepy and to tap into phobias. Well, even the last two sentences that are contra- like not contradicting but like the two different people would say them. Why would you say them together? I yeah. Don't know. Uh, uh, Why don't you say they say sleep is for the weak? I but I never claim to be. Why don't you just turn them. it into one sentence? I don't know. Whatever. So Chris Phoenix. When you when you encounter something hard in your life, blow your brains blow out. Blow your brains out. <laughs> don't do that. I'm just I I'm commenting on the the what's the word. Story. The moral of the story. <laughs> moral of the story is kill yourself. So Chris Phoenix, uh, if you're listening by whatever off chance, I would revisit this one and no, scrap that beginning. No, not going to listen to us. We're just we're talking to our our friends. Okay, we look, have friends, right? Looking at the comments really quickly. Oh, there's comments. Interesting, weird, engaging. Made me feel inside the story. I even got a headache. Nine out of ten. <laughs> That's not a good thing. It shouldn't give you a headache. So a frequency just under 20,000 hertz. That's just a tad high. So Is the that... high frequency somehow unlocked an obscure part of the brain that gave him some kind of fucked up sixth sense while simultaneously heightening his normal five sentences. It's a weird concept, but I liked it. 8.7 out of 10. I speak an ancient language in dreams without realizing it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you, Solar Elf. Good. I think somebody is uh, agreeing with his uh, shared delusion. Sure. Good. 9.999999 out of 10 by Cute Demon. So I think this appeals to a certain audience. Uh, Unfortunately, we're not part of that audience. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I got nothing else to say on this. That's it. Yep. I didn't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like it. I I have to, I'm sorry everyone. Um we have to go mow mow our highway. We'll be back later. Well we got one more story. Which okay, one story and then we have to go. Yeah. Um This is called Invasive Species by Slime Beast. Because we haven't done Slime uh, Beast in a while. Why are we reading a Slime Beast story? Because I don't know. Someone likes it for some reason. I don't I don't, I don't, I don't see the like appeal. slimy beasts. They're, they gross me out. Some of my best friends are slime oh, well, beasts. Well, this one's super short. Okay. No, I'm 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 for a short story. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like that was the theme of the episode that I no, stated. No, you said micro stories. Micro fiction, meaning that. small. This is called invasive species. Micro implies a magnitude of small. It's just s- smaller than small. It's Anyways, the- I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> it's the what serum that? that I swear to God. <laughs> I have to edit all this tonight. It's 9.30. You should leave that in. Okay, sorry. It's the serum that did it. Once that variable was introduced into their population, that's when things started started going to shit. The colony began breeding out of control. Gestation was only slightly reduced at first. And what for what it's worth, we could handle that. Then it was gradually reduced to half the normal period. And before long, there was... There were more of them than there were of us. Our towns were overrun fast. Then even our greatest cities fell. We killed hundreds, thousands of them, but it was never enough to stem the tide. 
the first mutation we noticed was chalked up to a rampant inbreeding. Despite their large numbers, their enhanced sex drive had them going to convenience instead of what was good for the colony. He's talking about flies or something, isn't he? Mm, Maybe ants. Or some type of insect. Tumor-like bone protrusions started emerging from their limbs. There's some crazy flies. And within a few generations, they were fighting each other for dominance using these scabbed-over organic bludgeons. Oh, gosh. Through the miracle of early maturity, they were capable of reproducing at lower and lower ages. We could see natural selection slowly weaponizing this ungainly aberration. Ooh. I like that sentence. Sure. Many of the abominations died. Blah, 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 blah. There were great piles of their dead clogging once remarkable roadways and open plains. They'd completely forgotten their habit of moving the the dead to the proper location. You could spot the toughest of their ranks by the number of scars they wore. Broken mandibles and missing limbs were signs of power to them. If you went to clear out one of their massive, swelling, throbbing reproduction hives, you needed to target the ones that looked pristine and avoid the hideous fuckers. They eat whatever they can get a hold of. It's been months since anyone has seen a stray dog or cat. Lizards, frogs, snakes, they're all gone. Only the birds remain. Only the fast and agile ones. The nights are completely silent, save for the frenzied rhythmic sound of innumerable coupling brutes. You could hear them have sex. Yeah. As time passed, they stopped teaching their young, by which I mean they completely ceased all passing on of knowledge. They didn't seem simply drop the minutiae, Young ones could be seen falling to their deaths, ingesting poisons, while the mature ones stood idly by and watched. Damn, that's <laughs> brutal. Only a few speak in understandable sentences, but they are. But all they ask for is more fertility serum. At first, we banned it. Now we can barely produce enough to keep them occupied and away from our last safe zones. Why would we give them more? Uh... To survive, because we couldn't stop them from killing us? None who remained untainted can bring ourselves to reproduce. We don't want any more normals. We don't want to... We don't want to bring any more normals into this horrific, profane world. Earth belongs to them now. And yet, we must remember that they are us. The ultimate invasive species. So, it's just mutated humans? I guess, yeah. But they're, it's kind of like when... We started eating the crickets? Gross. It's kind of like when, um, I think it's happening in California, uh, gray squirrels are outnumbering and outbreeding brown squirrels, or it's black squirrels. I forget which color the squirrels are. But basically just a more powerful species in the same family. Uh, But yeah, I think that twist is that they are humans, and we made... Human bug people. We made bug people. We made bug people. And now they're killing their children. You know, we could have done it with, you know, evolution or genetic manipulation. But no, we decided to have sex with the bugs. And, uh... Well, what else are you gonna do? Well, what, what else I are bugs said, good genetic, for? Genetic uh, manipulation. That's not as cool as sex. <sighs> genetic manipulation doesn't get your rocks off. The- Okay, well. I mean, I don't kink shame, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's a a short and sweet one, or a short and shivery, if you follow undercooked analysis, from Slime Beast. 
called Invasive Species, and I liked it. I think he's describing himself. That would that would be uh, the ultimate invasive species is the slime beasts. Is the slime beast? There's only one though that we know of. Well, yeah, but in the future with fertility serum, who knows? <laughs> who knows the possibilities? Fertility serum. Fuck a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone hired me as a uh, commercial spokesman already. <laughs> I'm going to quit my job. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for this shortest episode. That's already over an hour, but who knows how much <laughs> I'll do with editing. Uh, Microfiction Madness number two. I'm just going to call it because I'm lazy. Uh, call it um, Mow Lawn Fuck a Bug. Or Mow Highway Fuck a Bug. That's what I meant. Okay. Do it. Uh, what was the other one? Do a thing. Never mind. I'm ruining it more. Sorry. No, totally. My insides! To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. And amusings are your musings. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Kayla. And if it wasn't readily apparent from that, we're huge nerds about Disney. That's why we're doing the Animusings podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a film in detail from the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography, covering them in chronological order, from Snow White to Moana and beyond. To Moana and beyond! Sweetie, we're not doing Pixar yet. We'll do that after. (laughs) That's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Kayla and I, and maybe a guest or two, as we explore the Disney animated canon, film by film. With the hope that it'll be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Ooh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Walt. 